Okay, welcome to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name is Dusty Slay, and I'm your host. And I'm here with my co-host for the week, Jeff Toy. Hey, hey, I'm here. What's up, man? All right, <laughs> uh, we're doing it. Um, you know, we did a show last night at Zany's. Uh, it was great. We had a really great time. Jeff was on the show. Yep, yep. Along with Willie B, uh, Gene Whitney. Eddie Cisneros. You got that right. I keep messing up the last name. It doesn't seem that hard, but it's there's two ways really you could say it, and whatever the wrong way is, I always say Cisneros or Cisneros. Yeah, I don't think I don't, I don't think he really seemed to mind. By it, you know what I mean? He he understood. It seemed like. And then you called Gene Jen. I know it, man. Yeah, and then, uh, but I think everything else went off without a hitch. It was a. Uh, <laughs> It was a solid show. Dang, I asked her like five times too. I think if yeah. I asked too many times, uh, it's just bound to be messed up. Well, there was a guy, and I can't remember his name, but I was I got to host a stage at the CMA Awards. Not the awards, the CMA Fest. Yeah. In Nashville. And it was outside, and this one guy, I forget his name, but he said, I asked him how to pronounce his name, and he goes, he said it. And then he goes, not, and then he said what he doesn't want me to say. He said, a lot of people do that. So he told you the not part. He told me the right way. Yeah. And then he said, not, and then he told me that part. I wish I could find his name, but I don't even know how. Like, it's like, if you don't know someone's name, how sure. are you going to find them to? Well, he's been like, uh, I typed her name into YouTube and tried to like Gene's, uh, did I just say it wrong already? Again, no, Gene. Gene, uh, just to YouTube, just to see, because there's other people introducing her, bringing her up on stage. And, you know, this was before I even got to, you know, ask her. But, yeah, it's just overthinking, you know. Say fries instead of flies. But, you know, when we do the shotgun style where, what did you say? Saying, like, would you like flies with that? You know, you said fries. People say flies? I used to. I did. I worked at a drive-thru. And I was like, you know, trying to get, you try to upsell the fries. And you say flies? Yeah, sometimes. As a joke? No, as a, as a uh, Freudian slip. Would you like some flies with that? Yeah, because it's so. It's like you're saying fries with a bit of a lisp. Ah, I do have, I think I got a slight lisp. I can do blame, you? I, yeah, I can blame it on that. I took speech classes in uh, elementary school. Do try to help out with like R's and S's and. Do you remember the speech classes? Yeah, we would play. We play go fish a lot because I, I I would say, f like fifth, fifth, and uh, so we would play. We would actually me and the teacher would actually be playing, and she's like, go fish and tell you where to put your tongue and where your teeth should go. If you didn't say it right, does she get mad at you? Uh, no, I think she was pretty cool. She's I would think chill. that would make an awkward game of go fish. <laughs> yeah, and then you would scar you for life with that game. You just start sweating. You're like, fish. Yeah. Slap a, like take a ruler, slap your knuckles or something. It could be traumatic. I can see that. I can see that. Okay. So, um, all right. I like to do a little segment here called where we've been, where we're going. Where they gone. Where they been. 
Where they going? Where, where they been? Where we're going, where we've been. Okay, so where we've been, right? We just did Zany's last night. And then over the weekend, I went to Springfield, Missouri, uh, a place that I've been going for uh, since 2015. Really? Maybe 2016, 2016, when the Blue Room started at a place called Billiards. And I'd love to do an episode, a whole episode about my history with Springfield. But I, And I even talked to some people. There's been some some incidents that have gone down in the past and I talk, and I thought that'd be really fun. To, but I got to figure out a way to share it because I like the Blue Room. Yeah. I think it's great. And yeah. I... Was this incidents in with Comedy Club related or just in the area? It was Comedy Club related and nothing too bad, right? Sure. But just fun kind of road stuff. Sure. Like I feel like I was becoming a comic. I was becoming a headlining comic as the Blue Room was becoming you know, the comedy club that it is. Yeah. And it was six years, right? Six years yeah. of going? Five years, I guess. Yeah, that's true. 2016. Yeah. But if, um, if b- during 2020, Billiards, the place that Blue Room was in, closed down. Mm-hmm. So they moved to a different place. And now they have like a bit of a rock concert vibe. I think it's a temporary location, but that's where they're at right now. So, it was awesome. I had a great time. Sold out two shows. Had a lot of fun. Um, ate at a Waffle House. I got actually I got recognized by a uh, high school kid. I think at a school dance in the Waffle House. Oh, like after the their school dance, they hit up the Waffle House. Yeah, afterwards. they hit up the Waffle House, and there it was. Now I'm not entirely sure he knew my name. Yeah, because he came in and he said, "Are you who I think you are?" <laughs> yeah. I was like, "I don't know." And then I just went back to eating because I don't know how to answer that. You didn't say, yeah, yeah. No. I did, because, you know, it's the end of the night. I'm just trying to get some Waffle House. I get that. And then, but he was like, so then he came over. Yeah. And uh, and then there was another guy with us that looked like me, kind of. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a lot of the beard, glasses, hat, long hair stuff going on. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's uh. I can't, it's a similar thing. Like just everybody who had like thick frame glasses or like yeah. a mustache. I can't That's claim all. the look. I'm, but I'm saying, you know, so the other guy got up to go talk to the guy. Like the kid <laughs> was talking to him. Yeah. But then yeah. me and the kid took a picture together in the booth of the Waffle House. And uh, it was a good time. Well, that other person who looked like you just pretty much took a, the opportunity to be like, yeah, I'm that guy. Right. That. That you think I am. He tried to capitalize, but I think the, sure. I keep calling him a kid, but I think the kid saw right through it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, did he even mention like, hey, are you a comedian? Like he, or was it just like, are you who I think you are? Hard to say if yeah. he said that. I don't remember. But, you know, as, as he got closer, uh, he seemed to, you know, really uh, recognize me in a way. That's cool. And I only say this because it's, you know, this is, this is a high school kid. Yeah. I feel pretty excited. Next generation. This must be TikTok happening. Oh, I didn't think about that. But then I got recognized by uh, an older man. Um, I actually don't know how old he was. He had a mask on, and it's hard to tell how old people are. But I say, kid, high school student, older man, older than me, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. at, the, uh, at the airport. And we talked for a bit. Did, did, but did he approach you? He didn't know who like I he, was. Yeah. Yeah. Call you by name? Like, I hey, think he Dusty said, Slug? we're having a good time. Oh, and that kind of just, oh. Yeah. 
Right. So people could totally, I could totally mistake someone thinking they knew who I was. If they just said, Hey, we're having a good time. I would be like, Oh, that guy knows me. But maybe he's just letting me know that him and his friends are having a good time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Dude, now when uh, that dude approached you, did uh, was there like small talk or was he like, hey, I've, I've seen you perform before I, or I saw you on the internet or? Yeah, well, I think he watches my stuff on YouTube. Oh, that's cool. Which is what I'm trying to push. I want people to watch my YouTube stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, because I'll take some clips from this podcast and then I'll add in pictures. Oh, yeah. People to try to really beef it up. Like real pictures of, of my life. Uh, but I did just have a guy making mean comments to me. On, on YouTube. I'll read a couple. I blocked him. <laughs> that, did you screenshot this after you blocked him, or is it still... I running? screenshot it. Oh, yeah, of course. You gotta... He said... Uh, it was a video that I did about my hand truck. I talked about my hand truck last week on my podcast. Then I made a video about it. Yeah. And so I posted <laughs> it, and I, you know, I didn't say... The title is not hilarious video about Dusty and his hand truck. <laughs> In fact, let's yeah, find. You're just talking about your hand truck. I yeah. Mean, In fact, let's find the title. Just, just so we're clear. Um, I'll read a little bit of stuff here. We'll really get into it. Sure. But this one. Um, all right. Here we go. Let's see. This is the video. And the title is "Dusty Sort of Tells a Story About a Hand Truck." Yeah. So I'm even admitting that it's not that good of a story. It's sort of a story. And then I say, and I write it about myself as if, um, as if it's not me writing it. Oh, third person post. Yeah. Oh, of course. I don't want it to be like a journal entry. I want it to be, you know. Yeah. Uh, Dusty <laughs> had to get rid of his hand truck. This hand truck meant a lot to him. In this video, Dusty attempts to tell what his hand truck meant to him. But really, he's just going on and on about an open mic he used to host and a burrito place he used to do trivia. Uh, Does it really mean anything to him? Find out here. (laughs) I can't even read my own writing well. I'm pretty sure you talked about a lot of it was just how uh, everyone should be impressed of all the bike riding you did. Yeah. I think that's, you know. Exactly right. But at no point in this did I say this is going to be hilarious. (laughs) Right? So this guy goes, is this supposed to be funny? That was yeah. his comment. And I said, well, I don't think I put comedy anywhere in the title, did I? I mean, I'm a hilarious comedian, but I guess I'm still allowed to tell a heart-wrenching tale about my long-lost hand truck, aren't I? Right? And and then I forgot to hit read more on his comment before uh, I screenshotted it, but yeah. I'll give it a... He says, I love your comedy. I think you can make smitten of money but it seems like you only got 20 minutes of material or less. And uh, I mean, and I do, you know, I do an hour and then I have a couple of CDs. But he's basing that off of maybe some of the jokes that you've posted. Yeah. He says, I was looking for more of your material and found this. Just was kind of disappointed, you know. <laughs> Dang, man. <laughs> Hopefully I see a full and then it goes blank. So I was, I was driving when I wrote yeah. this and I was irritated with the guy. I said, I got an idea. How about instead of insulting me about why I'm not giving you more free comedy, why don't you buy my two albums off iTunes or listen to them on Spotify or YouTube for free? Or maybe buy a ticket to see a show. And he goes, I was thinking about it. He's thinking about buying a ticket. Not sure yet. 
just trying to get some material before I did that. All right, so I guess the free him get material. I guess he wants to to see more. He needs to. Uh, he's not sure if I'm the guy yet. But your he was trying. He was on the fence about it. Yeah. But your hand truck video sold it. Like yeah. He was like, no, nah, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, and he's like, if this guy doesn't have a Netflix special, is it really worth buying a ticket to see it? Yeah. M- meanwhile, I think uh, almost every live comedy show is better than watching comedy on Netflix. Oh, 100%. I'm not just saying mine. Live comedy is far superior to TV comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think anybody will admit to that. Even someone with the best Netflix vit- special would sure. say that. But that he says, maybe if you spent more time writing jokes, not random people. I love that people, if people comment and they're nice and I comment back and I say thank you, they're happy that I responded to them. Sure. But when they're being a jerk, they're like, oh, I'm a random person, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, you're a person. Everybody, we're all people here. Yeah. And, and not, uh, he says, and not random people, I could find some material. And then he says, you're... You know, I hate to be like a grammar Nazi because I'm not even that good at it. But at this point, misspelling your is like, you can't do it. Everybody's yeah. made fun of it. You can't do it. But he did. And he's coming at you and he's bad grammar. Yeah. You know? He said, Y-O-U-R, you're a cheap. And he's, he's trying to say Theo Vaughn, but he said Tho Vaughn. <laughs> uh, he says, you're a cheap Theo Vaughn. So you should be nice. That's the way to win the crowd over, not by being smart. Which you are not, sir. Okay, so I win the crowd over by being nice, yeah, and not smart. But I'm. But he also says I'm not smart. So I'm so not. You're not smart, not funny, and not nice. But I don't understand what I was not nice to the guy about. I was like, I at first I just wrote kind of a little joke about my, and I've made a joke about the whole story the whole time. Yeah, like I'm not implied that this is some hilarious tale filled with punchlines after punchlines after <laughs> punchlines. about a man in his, uh, fork, in his hand truck. Yeah, if it's anything, dolly. it's a sad story yeah. of loss and grief. Or somebody's uh, beginning stages of uh, hoarding. Yeah. It's like, I got this hand truck that I've had, but it has some sentimental value here. But right. I got to hang on to that. But I'm going to get rid of it. Oh, yeah. I got I, rid of the hand truck. Held but he might not it. even listen to the whole, he might not even watch the whole video. You know, he just yeah. got to a point and he was just like, ah. You know what? Maybe that guy just had a hand truck drop him off at Goodwill. Mm. <laughs> and so he's bitter about There's it. There's hard feelings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That or maybe it hit too close to home. He had one that was uh, close to him or maybe yeah. the work the work one he took, he stole from his job. They they found out about it. and Maybe he was adopted by a family of hand trucks when he was a kid. Just raised them as their own. Yeah. I see that. You, but, you triggered something in them, man. That's I, why. And at, part of me wishes that I had kept it going, but I I got upset, and yeah. I just blocked him. Well, you feel like you try to create, like, a community, like, you want a, like a, a certain community of folks under right. your comment section anyways. I don't mind people even giving me critiques. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really bother me, but when you're like, isn't, is this supposed to be funny? Yeah. Which is a jab. And then I come back with what I thought was a pretty creative response. Yeah. Um, or even also asking them for a favor as in being like, hey, check out my, you know, I have other stuff that I just post on here or listen yeah. to the whole album, you know. And that's Yeah, he was like, I was hoping this would be more free material. And I'm like, oh, if you want free material, I have two albums for free. 
yeah. on Spotify or on YouTube. And he was like, nah, not it's, that. I was going to, I was thinking about coming to one of your shows, but. But not now. <laughs> and I don't want to be one of those people. I want all the people to come. Yeah. I want, I need people to buy tickets. Like, let's do it. Well, I just think it's, there's a dude I follow on the YouTubes that he just posts like camping videos and you, you would think just a, a simple, Hey, here's my tent. Uh, I made a fire. Here's camping food. But people post some like mean stuff, man, like calling out his wife, who's like not even in the video, but some of them make mean comments about his wife. Or, what do they say about his wife? Dude, I I, I made a comment on one of his posts. And I so was you're like, making the mean comments. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, there's comments about his wife. I go, what What about his wife? And you're like, well, I made one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I made a uh, I made a comment about, think, you know, thanks for the video, man, or that looked like a fun, you know, just very basic, cool video. And then that cool video turned in, someone says something else like, uh, don't drink the Kool-Aid, he's just trying to get money from you. And, and then it went down from other people arguing to, which I think in a, in a way, that's how you know you made it, quote unquote. If right. you're viral on any social platform and there's people arguing about, not even about the video, then you've made it. Yeah, and you know, but it's like people always do things like that with uh, always just trying to make money and it's like, well, um, he is providing you content. Yeah. And if you enjoy it, maybe send the guy some money. No, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, you don't have to, but I don't know. I just think that, uh, you know, if you enjoy something, yeah, why not throw a little money at it? Like, I you throw money at big blockbuster movies because you enjoy them. Yeah. But, they didn't, then they, but they're already paying to watch it, though. Now it's just free stuff on YouTube. Oh, it is just coming at us now, yeah. Yeah. But it's, I, I think people... Typically feel good because I've I've donated some money to some uh, YouTubers before just because I enjoyed. They're like, hey, it makes it easier for me to post these. And I'm like, well, I'm sure it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm not advocating that for myself either. I'm not trying to be like, it's okay to ask for money. By the way, if you want to send money, you know, yeah. I like. I think that I will monetize videos at some point. I have the mm -hmm. capability to do it. It's set up, but I don't know. It just doesn't feel like I'm. I hate watching ads on YouTube, yeah. so I don't feel like I'm really making enough money off of it to make everybody watch an ad. That's, not, that's uh, respectable of you. I hate watching ads. Well, sometimes you get an ad in the video. They're like, this video is sponsored by Skillshare, and then right after their advertisement on their video, there's a YouTube advertisement. Oh, yeah. You're like, dang, dude, I'm already two minutes in of uh, advertisement. I know. But eh, you got to make money, I suppose selling out that's true but i think that's what's uh cool about i guess the patreon thing i think there's a distinct difference between like if someone messaged you and they're like hey man i like what you're doing i'm enjoying it can i send you money somehow and you're like oh yeah i got this this patreon over here versus people being like hey you have to subscribe to this uh and give and give us money i guess more of like a a uh a, a request versus uh a yeah donation. totally uh, yeah yeah yeah, I'm with that. All right, I want to, we got sidetracked. I want to jump right. back into the blue room. Oh, yes. And talk about, uh, I just want, yeah, I mean, I had a great time, went to some restaurants, went to this one restaurant called Cafe Cusco, which is a, I did write that down here, I think. Um, I took some notes, so I would remember what to, uh, oh, yeah, Cafe Cusco. Uh, I forget what kind of food it is. Lithuanian food, maybe? That seems wrong. South America. That sounds about right. 
Is Lithuania? Emperor, I think of Emperor Cusco from Emperor's New Groove. Is Lithuania? That's not in South America, is it? I just know about Brazil and Chile. Dang. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was great. I mean, it, it was really good. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I can't. Uh, I should have wrote that down. But Cafe Cusco in Springfield, Missouri, very good. And, um, oh, and then there was a record shop that I went to and I bought some records. But I don't have any of my stuff. I forgot to write that down. I'll talk about that. Big Head Record Shop, I think is what it's called. Uh-huh. Head, some, but I will. Um, you don't I, even have a record player, do you? And I don't have a record <laughs> player, but I do have several records. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I want to get a record player, but these records, if you watch the video, visually I've posted some records behind me. And these were my stepmom's dad, actually her stepdad, my stepmom's stepdad, uh, passed away several years ago. And her mom moved from the house she was in to a smaller house and they had to get rid of a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. So they had this big box of records that they were going to basically throw out. So I was like, well, I'll take them. And so I brought them home and then they'd just been sitting in the garage. So I brought them home and then I was like, me and Hannah were like, let's decorate. Oh, yeah. And then I bought a couple of these pictures on the wall from um, uh, from a thrift store in Lowell, Arkansas. I was decorating the cabin when I was in Lowell. It was yeah. it needed some some work, needed some love. So me and Chance Willie, Evan Burke, we were in the cabin. We went to a thrift store, and a guy Tyler Elliott, uh, another comic, and um, we went to a thrift store. We bought a few things, and I bought these two with intentions of hanging them up. But I was yeah. like, they're too good. Yeah. I'm keeping these. Is this like a Satan Vincent thrift store? You know, I don't know. Oh, okay, but this this is a you know. I thought this was a pretty interesting family. I don't know them. And then we had the two horses, the the white and the black horse, Ooh. light and dark, running through a field. I like the picture frame. Yeah. I think that's like 80% of it. Most people just buy it for the picture frame to uh, put their family photo in there. Yeah. But that's a good one. That's me and Hannah in 1870. <laughs> See, I think that's a mustache. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they had no time to smile back then. No, you don't want to mess. I mean, yeah, it takes a while, and you don't want to mess it up. (laughs) So, and then this weekend, well, what about you? Where were you at last weekend? Were you working last weekend? Uh, No, not last weekend. I was out doing some camping, but the weekend weekend before that, I did an MC weekend at the caravan in Louisville. How was that? It was good, man. It was a a killer experience. Um, My first home club MC and weekend. Uh, what was, what was pretty wild. Cause I feel like sometimes Thursdays can be notorious. I think for like kind of a, a lower crowd, it seems like. And, uh, but the crowd there Thursday, it was pretty full and they were, they were there to laugh too, you know? And, uh, well, let's talk about, let's ask you some questions. Let's sure. talk about you for a second. What? <laughs> so your name's Jeff toy. Uh, yep. Yes. And sir. you're from Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. We're born 30 minutes south of Louisville, but I live in... I live What's there that now. town called? Shepherdsville. Shepherdsville, okay. Uh, Bullitt County. Bullock? Bullitt? Bullitt. B- B-U-L-L-I-T-T. Okay. Huh. So, and you are about 30 years old. Yep, birthday is Saturday, dude. All right. And you're um, doing comedy about three years. Yep, yep. We've been talking for a while. I know all the information. <laughs> yeah. So what, um, 
And then you have a day job that you do. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. CDL, forklift driver, loading trucks. You don't drive the trucks? You do drive the trucks. I do, yep, yep. I got a... So, but you have a cu- cool thing. You make videos of sometimes oh, in yeah, the truck, I'm, driving I'm, the forklift around. I'm totally utilizing uh, company equipment for my interests. You know, yeah. I used to drive an electric, a battery operated uh, forklift. Oh yeah, yeah. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of power behind. Not a, not certain, a ton of power now. We got a a couple. We had a, a diesel forklift, and we got like. You know propane but oh yeah we got forklifts that goes from five thousand is their max to fifty thousand pounds is their max wow. to pick up i don't know how much these picked up but the heaviest thing <laughs> we had was a pallet of paper yeah the heaviest yeah that's probably the heaviest and they could pick that up this is what i would do with the forklift we had a little thing on it where it had a uh, it was a pallet with a uh, a solid sheet across it, and then a little cage, and then you had a harness that you would tie around. Uh, you, you were standing up in this forklift. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, so yeah. somebody would drive, and somebody would stand on that, and you would lift them up, and then with the harness, they would go off into the rafters, grab furniture, bring it onto the cart with them, and then you let them down. Dang. But they fired so many people and wouldn't hire any new people that there was nobody to ever do that with. So I would drive the forklift i would lift the cage up and then i would climb to the top of the shelf no load the furniture and then climb back down and then lower the forklift not even close to being osha approved not at all no and are you climbing without the harness oh yeah (laughs) there's no way to have the harness on yeah oh my word man and they just expected you to do that i'm sure they didn't know i was doing it i don't think or at least they didn't want to know a furniture were you like pulling out couches out of these no like and- desk it was office ah. depot and so it was like you know like small desk but heavy yeah i'm not pulling out a couch but no you know, you know the computer you know a computer chair here and there enough to make your back hurt a little bit yeah i mean i could have fell and died oh 100 percent. yeah you never there, there was no controls of being on the forks and like adjusting the forks no no down. we didn't have that kind of technology mm. i understand man well i'm glad that uh you didn't get hurt yeah, me too. Well, it's dangerous then. All right, so this weekend, mm-hmm. where I'm going, I'm going to Lexington, Kentucky to Comedy Off-Broadway, up in your neck of the woods. Yeah. Two shows, Friday, well, probably four shows, two on Friday, two on Saturday. Lee Kimbrell from Cincinnati will be featuring. You've worked with him uh, in the past, haven't you? I have, yeah. He's. Uh, I, I ran into him a couple weeks ago at the... A club in uh, Georgetown, Kentucky, which is near Lexington. Okay. Yeah, he was there. Just, just a club a there? Yeah, it's called the Laughing Post. So it's like Georgetown is like uh, 20 minutes from Lexington, I think. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like, in, you know, just s- sort of somewhat in the middle of nowhere. Georgetown isn't really anything too hopping, but it's super close to Lexington. And we got to chit-chat a little bit. I think he just did a show with you not that long after we uh, saw him there. Well, yeah, we did Lexington mm-hmm. together. Comedy Off-Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been there, man. It's as, a good as time. As an audience or a comic. It's a hot show. It's a good club. It really is a good club. The first, I, I always talk about this when I worked there, but I worked with John Lovitz the first time. Mm-hmm. That was great. And then I worked with Burt Kreischer the next time. Both sold out, you know, and it was awesome. That's cool, man. That so was a great time. The, um, what about you? Where are you at this weekend? Uh, I guess, when tonight, 
at the comedy bar. Just got a little, just a guest spot. Okay. Which I like a guest spot, man. Yeah. Like a good, you know, in and out. Pop and, in, uh, do a hot set, get out of there. Sure. Oh, yeah. And then uh, the, I'm looking forward to the lineup because it's interesting, man, cause, like coming here and like following people on social media for a certain amount of time and then actually getting to meet them and perform in front of them. You know, because there's like, I have some internal things going on in my head where I'm like, man, I, I enjoy the, the content that this guy posts or this person posts, and I hope that they uh, find my, you know, my comedy funny. And then, but at the end of the day, it's more about, you know, hopefully the crowd thinks I'm funny over any comic thing enjoying my stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I want, yeah, I want them all to laugh, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, comics have weird sense of humors. The sure. stuff I laugh at, from my friends is not what the audience is laughing at. <laughs> All right. So let's, um, I want to do more of an, uh, of a podcast on the blue room, but I'm going to do that later. I want to give some shout outs. I'll work with some people, Bryce Stanley, Derek Luna, Dustin Slintz, uh, uh, and Josh, uh, Josh Wingo. They were all on the shows with me. That was great. Oh yeah. I got a lot of uh, stuff to talk about with the blue room, but not today. Yeah, it's kind of like a, you did a little history thing about working in Ohio fairly recently, didn't you? Like kind of like a brief history of the shows you've done in Ohio. Oh, basically. I guess I did. I don't know if I did the video, though, but I, I definitely did a, a podcast about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've done a lot in Ohio. And uh, so, uh, you know, so I want to do videos on all kinds of stuff and talk about and yeah. then throw pictures up because I got pictures posted of me doing stuff in these places. Yeah. So it's a good time. You know, I got a, a couple of videos of Des Moines. I got one coming out uh, soon. My friend Matt Price is working on from my, my shows in Dalton, Georgia, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a hot one. Do you bring someone along to record a lot of your YouTube stuff or you try to get it? Well, I do most of it. You do most My friend of it. Matt, whenever, if you've watched my YouTube videos, the ones that look really good, yeah, that's Matt. You just trying to get him along. Does, I guess he just tags along whenever he likes doing it. He doesn't even want me to say that he's doing it. <laughs> Let's see. All right, I wrote this down the other day. Let's see if I can read it. All right. I've always said I'm bad with names, but good with faces. Right? People say that, and it sounds like a cop out, but it's true. You know, I can see you, remember you, remember where we met, but have no idea what your name is. Right. Uh, some people are so offended by this, but I just don't think it's a big deal. Why do we all want to be remembered so bad? Right? I, I, this is stuff I'm writing on a plane. <laughs> I'm like feeling uh, super introspective. Yeah. Uh, wh- um, I used to think that when I quit my job, like in my head, I'm like, they're going to miss me when I quit. You know, they're not going to miss me when I'm not around. And they might for like two days and then they forget. <laughs> Life goes on, right? People yeah. move on. Uh, the show must go on, as the Pink Floyd song <laughs> says. Uh, but I've always said bad with names, good with faces. Now everybody wears a mask and I have no idea who people are. <laughs> people will say yeah. to me, do you remember me? And I don't because they're wearing a mask that's covering up the majority of their face. Uh, I don't gaze into people's eyes. That's not what I do. I, I look into people's mouths while we're talking. <laughs> and, 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 and I get weird if a person has super bad teeth, right? Uh-huh. Because Not because it bothers me. It doesn't bother me. But I look at people's mouths when we're talking. So if they have bad teeth, I think that they think that I'm staring at their teeth. Uh-huh. And I am, 
but not because they have bad teeth. Sure. You know? But they're, they're assuming the wrong reasons on why you're looking at their teeth. Yeah. And so now I can't hear people that well either yeah. because I'm not able to watch their mouths say the words. It helps me. Oh, sure. You, uh, Lou Frigno, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But he's, I don't know. Lou Frigno sort of thing? I don't know what that is. Oh, he's hard of hearing. He oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't think that I'm hard of hearing. It's that I've just, in a way, I've really got to, when people, when I'm talking with people, I and now I can't even tell if their mouth is moving, and then I don't know who they are. Now, do you do, what is it? I don't know what it's called, but you, you try to remember someone's name. Where it's like if so if you're a mouth, you look at someone's mouth and someone's name's Tim. Do you say like bad teeth Tim? Oh no. Or like big, you know, big lip Betty, you know, as I've tried some name remembering techniques. Yeah. Uh, but I like they'll say, you know, if you introduce yourself and they go, Hey, I'm Jim, you go, Hey Jim, I'm Dusty, right? Yeah. But what a cheese ball. You know what I mean? Like I'm not <laughs> trying to do that. Yeah. Oh, man, I think I did that eight times last night. <laughs> <laughs> Connor, Connor, nice to meet you. Connor, I'm Jeff. <laughs> uh, I think it's all in the way you do it, though, sure, for yeah. sure. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, you go, you know, you know those super, like, fake people. Like, usually, like, someone that, I don't know, maybe they're not even fake. They're just super professional. Yeah. But you see them, and they're dressed nice, and you go, hey, I'm Dusty. And they go, and they have, like, the, the, the fakest uh smiles and like oh, yeah. oh dusty hey really great to meet you and then it's like it's just too much to where it's like you laid it on so heavy yeah that i don't believe that you're a real person well now i feel like in the past i was always too concerned with either like the handshake i had a lot of handshake like so the person could be introducing who they are and it just goes in one ear and out the other and then now it's amplified with like the elbow fist pump, maybe a handshake. And so even during that whole pre-introduction, I'm like, what, when am I going to, what am I working with here? What is this person going to? Oh, you really get caught up on what, what you're going to be doing. Exactly. And then it's just amplified. And then by the time they said their name, I'm like, we did a fist bump. Yeah. You know, this guy looked like a handshake kind of guy. I think you can get into that, but I think the thing to do is go in with something and commit no matter what. Oh, yeah. Make, you know, but I, I think also the handshake, yeah. at least prior to COVID, was like, that was the always, like, everybody sure. I, I gave the handshake to. Because, I mean, I'm like, let's keep it simple. Yeah. You know? I think someone gave me a handshake. They felt obligated, I think, a couple weekends back. I came out with them like this, and they seemed hesitant. But they ended up doing anything. Oh, yeah. And there was no pressure. You know, yeah. Just it's like, just out. get in there. Touch the hand. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Just touch my hand. Touch your hand. Rub it on your face. Yeah. Just get it over. You're going to be fine. Oh, yeah. I mean, you may not be, but something's going to get us all. Sure. A little dirt on it, you know? Yeah. No big deal. It's not a big deal. Um, so I don't know what got, got us on to that tangent because I felt like we were on to something. And that was a... I enjoyed the tangent, but now I, I felt like... Oh, mask. Oh, I was, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah, so, people's lips are... Yeah, so then I wrote this down, and this is what the airlines do. Mm -hmm. This is what, this is not what they say, but this is what they're saying. Please wear a mask. Thank you. And if you don't comply, you could not be able to fly with us again, and we'll try to have you arrested. Right? <laughs> okay. That's not what they say. 
but that's what they imply because what they always do is go, hey, guys, uh, just want to remind you guys, please wear a mask on the flight. We, yeah. we appreciate it. Thank you for doing it. And if you refuse to wear the mask, then there's a chance you won't be able to fly with us again and we'll seek legal penalties. We'll throw you out of the plane. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so they're saying, do it. Yeah. You have to do it to fly with us. Except whenever we give you a little bag of pretzels. Right. But they don't do that anymore. Oh, they don't? No. Not the airlines I'm flying. But they do um, tell you that if in the in the in case of an emergency and the air mask come out of the top, that you should remove your mask before putting that mask on. Uh-huh. And I guess because your mask obstructs the flow of oxygen into your mouth and nose. Get out of here. Which is what my concern is the entire time. Get out of here, man. Uh, uh, Let's see. Uh, Oh, here's another thing that happened. On the way to Springfield, I'm I'm writing in in my uh, notebook here, taking some notes. I'm watching a video. I'm editing a, a podcast video. And we get, you know, I'm... I get because I fly a lot. Yeah. I'm I got highest status with American Airlines. So I'm and and nowadays, now that a lot of people aren't flying, I get upgraded to first class every time. I've oh. never bought a first class ticket, but I'm upgraded every flight. Nice. And it's amazing. Not that the first class is so amazing, but you're just not super cramped with yeah. someone. You get a little more room and then you can get off the plane real quick, which is what I like. So first class is up front? Yes. Okay. I also like boarding before everyone else. Um, so you like watching people walk by? Like, I don't even watch them, but I just like that. The moment, almost the moment they're like, we're boarding, they're like, you can get on. Yeah. I like yeah. that. That feels fun, you know? Sure. I'm not into status of things, but it is fun to, uh-huh. because I've been at the back of the line waiting to board. Yeah. And even though it doesn't matter either, it feels weird to know you're like in group nine and they're like, all right, group seven group. And there's like nobody for group seven (laughs) and they're still looking around group eight (laughs) and group nine. There's actually no such thing as group seven, eight, six, seven, and eight. They just want you in nine. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, so I don't like that. So I like being able to get on right away, but this guy was sitting next to me. And we did not talk. I try not to talk to people on the planes, you know, for obvious reasons. Yeah. You just, you get locked into it. And then it's like. There's nowhere to go. Yeah. And it's it. like, I just want to, like the lady in front of me was really talking to the guy in front of me. And I was like, I am glad I'm not up there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes it ends up being fun. But this guy, he goes, do you write? Are you, do you write? And I go, and I've been writing the whole time. And I'm a comedian. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I write. Yeah. And then he goes, uh, well, I just want to thank you for what you do. You know, he said, uh, yeah, right. He goes, he goes, I, now this is a very nice guy, but he was like, you know, I watch, um, I watch the award shows and stuff like that. And there's, there's awards for everything, all kinds of, and there's only one award for the writers. Yeah. And he's like, I just, I always hate it. You guys just don't get enough appreciation. Yeah. So <laughs> then I realized that he thinks I'm, cause we're flying from De- Nashville to Dallas. Oh yeah. So he thinks I'm a songwriter. Sure. Or like maybe a screenwriter or something like screenplay. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. but I was thinking songwriter. Yeah. And then he's so excited by it 
that I don't want to correct him. Oh, At this man. point, I don't want to be like, no, I, I do, you know, I do comedy. Not that I think comedy is lesser, but yeah. he was so excited. So I, I just, so I just, uh, just went along with it. And then yeah. I started talking to the guy about, um, he was just talking about just writers in general. I think like he was he, talking about he, music songwriters. And yeah. I was like, so I started talking about working the Grand Old Opry and country singers that I met because I'm like, well, these are not lies. He just yeah. doesn't know what I'm doing there. Sure, yeah. And I did right. write to get there. So I thought that was a super awkward moment on the plane with that guy because now yeah. I'm like stuck in this thing and I don't want him to ask me what songs I've written or anything like that. So, you know, I just wrote that out. That's funny that you turned down the guy at Waffle House. Who asks you who you are? Like, oh, is that, is that, is that, are you who I think you are? And then now, but this guy thinks that you're a writer. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I can't, uh, I can't back down because there's no telling what right. I mean, songwriter. Maybe yeah. From, well, he just asked, was I? Do I write? Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, I've been writing this whole time on this plane. <laughs> <laughs> how long? How long have you? How, what's the timeline during this? You, you, are you really already two hours? It's in about a two hour flight. And, and then we're almost done. He didn't get annoying with it. I mean, we, oh, yeah. we ended it, you know, but it was like, um, and he worked for the restaurant chain Pizza Inn. Pizza Inn? And he traveled a lot with Pizza Inn. And I didn't even realize that Pizza Inn was still going. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's like, and they were, that's what he said though. He goes, they go, people ask me what's my biggest markets. And he's like, markets you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because there's some small town somewhere where the pizza in is the best thing going. Sure. The only pizza. I mean, it's like, who knows how some of these places survive? No telling, but no matter how small this company is, this pizza in, they're probably still paying for his flight and. I mean, what is he doing? Just like marketing or something, passing out flyers. People are going to order pizza when they it's ready, when they want pizza. Yeah. I don't know how much you got to do for that. But I've never met anybody who that passionate about writers in general that were so upset about them not getting more awards. Well, the guy was very appreciative of writers. Yeah. <laughs> and Your uh, service. Yeah. <laughs> and I do write. You know, I, this is probably, you know, I've wrote some songs, but none that no one's ever heard. Except for my old intro song. Mm -hmm. My old intro song I wrote, uh, the one a couple of times ago, my very first one. Yeah. Joe Denham performed, wrote all the music, performed and sang it. Yeah. But I wrote the lyrics. That's cool. Do you like hand on the lyrics and say, hey, can you uh, yeah. see what you can do? Well, he do? came over and we kind of came up with a thing. And then, you know, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and give Joe the majority of the credit. Yeah. I came up with some lyrics. He came up with a... Um, what do you call it? Like a jingle or a, a melody? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I, I after I wrote a few rhyming words, I I took a step back. Is he like a one man band? Like he part he recorded the drums himself and overlapped it with the could be very yeah. well could be. That's why I find more impressive about people are able to do that on like a a recording device where they're like, hey, I recorded the drums, I know how to play that, and I also know how to play the fiddle or the guitar, and then they're just a one man country band. Yeah. That's what they say about that guy, Trent Reznor, from Nine Inch Nails. Oh, is that what he was? Because I always thought that Nine Inch Nails was a full-on band. And I, I, was, I, I, I came to, to understand that he did all of the instruments. Ah, I didn't know that. I, was never really, I, don't, I, don't, I never really even got into Nine Inch Nails. I didn't much. get into them either. They had that one song that's, I wanna, you like an animal. Yeah. 
And I got to say, in high school, I was pretty into it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not now, uh-huh. but I remember riding around in my car with that song playing loud, like, and we all thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I, now my question, did they do that song Hurt that Johnny Cash? They did do that song, yeah. Did they do it first or did Johnny Cash They do did it? it first. And Johnny, so is Johnny Cash a Nine Inch Nails fan? You think, I don't or? think so. I think that actually they had him record that and he was like i i think at first he didn't want to do it he's like this is not my style this is not but in the end i'm a big fan of that yeah oh i prefer that version see i thought he maybe originally did it and then nine inch nails did their thing and then there's another one where he says i'm gonna break i'm gonna break my gonna break my rusty cage and run that's nine inch nails no that's um Who's the guy? Chris Cornell, whatever. Soundgarden. Oh yeah, that's okay. Wait, so Johnny Cash did a cover of that? Yeah. For Soundgarden. Oh. Johnny Cash did so many covers because when you have a voice like Johnny Cash, you don't even need to write songs. Yeah. You're like, I'll just do your song. People will like it better, and we'll both make money off of it. Well, I'm curious how much creative act, creativeness that he did. Like, did he listen to this song and he's like, I'm going to cover this, or did his producers were like. Hey, can you do something with this song right here? Well, I don't want to ruin this for you, but I think that they just were like, I think Rick Rubin was the guy who, uh-huh. who was all behind his recordings as an old man. Oh, yeah. And I think Rick Rubin, I don't know, is probably the guy who's like, let's do it like this. Yeah. And then Johnny Cash is an old man, and he's like, you know, he brings the brings the power with the voice. Sure. I feel you, dude. What? I had a Franklin, Kentucky has some friends that lived in Franklin. I think that's where he was married, I think. I think he was, his first wife was married in Franklin, Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Do you know that, have you seen the movie Walk the Line? Yeah, with uh, Walking Phoenix? Yeah. Yeah. In the movie, uh, you know, I'm going to, spoiler alert for people potentially. That only came out in 2010. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like a real life spoiler alert. Oh, Like, in the movie, he's married to a woman, Mm -hmm. and then he leaves that woman in pursuit of Reese Witherspoon's character. Jolene? No. No, I mean, I can't think of her name right now either, but Reese Witherspoon's character in the movie. Um, And then, in real life, though, they say that Reese Witherspoon's character was actually the pursuer of Johnny Cash, and Johnny Cash ended up leaving his wife for her. Yeah. But because of her pursuit of him rather than his oh. pursuit of her. And like the movie portrays Johnny and his first wife having a really like uh rocky relationship. Yeah, yeah. And apparently according now, this is according to that woman. Yeah. But according to her, they had a great relationship and June Carter Cash stole her That's away from him. Yeah, but you can't make a uh you can't make a woman look bad on film, man. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I agree that they made a masterpiece of a movie. Oh, yeah, good movie. And I'm glad they chose Reese Witherspoon. I, I've always had, uh, I don't want to say a crush, but I, I've always, like as a kid and stuff, I always enjoyed Reese Witherspoon. I, yeah. I liked practically every movie she's been in. Um, she was in a movie called Freeway. 
with Kiefer Sutherland, oh, which is yeah. really young, which is pretty intense. I like Kiefer Sutherland too. And then she was in a movie called, you remember that movie um, with Paul Walker where they were Pleasantville? Are they swimming in the ocean or something? Or I, <laughs> I think that's uh, that this movie was where it was all black and white. And as people began to, and it was like set in like the 50s and everybody was a nice, polite society. But I think the premise of the movie is as people began to know themselves, Uh they turned to color. Interesting. So a lot of the kids, a lot of the kids started having sex and then they would turn to color because they had sex. And I think Reese's character in the movie was a bit slutty and... She was like, I've screwed everybody in this whole town and I'm still black and white. And then she <laughs> yeah. like read some books and then she turned to oh, color. Okay. So her, you know, yeah. her true self was reading. Everybody else's true self was being a slut. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, you can bone it. You get your color after this, but this character here, she got to read a couple books. Yeah. And uh, Don Knotts was in it. You know, Barney Fife. He yeah. was in the movie a bit. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Sweet Home Alabama. Great one. Walk uh-huh. the line. Great one. I think Reese really, I think she did a TV show fairly recently. I think so, but I don't really watch any TV shows. So I, yeah, it wasn't that good of a no. show anyways. I was disappointed because I was like, oh, I haven't seen her in a while. And then it was uh, not a good show. The most disappointing thing to me Reese ever did was marry that one guy like Ryan uh, or something. He was in, um, I don't know. He's just an annoying actor. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the father of her kids' his name is. I don't know. I don't like him, though. I mean, he, yeah. I mean, I never really liked He He was in a movie with Benicio Del Toro called The Way of the Gun. Did you ever see The Way of the Gun? I haven't. Um, he was in that. And then he's in, uh, like, Wild Things or something. You remember Wild Things with the scene with Nev Campbell and, and uh, the other chick? It was kind of like a, a threesome in the... Wait, are they in the truck? Mm, I don't remember. I think another movie. I just think it was, it, you know, it was very exciting for its time. You know, was it in the days of VHS? And you're like, whoa, that was a pretty t- intense scene. But yeah, I used to just rewind the scene. I, 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 you know, no comment. You know, what I mean? no comment. As far as it goes, I watched it one time, put yeah. it away, never saw it again. That tape, that that part of the tape is awfully <laughs> a lot of static yeah, in this part of the. Whenever it gets to that part, it really it really messes up. I don't know. The trick was just to rewind the whole whole movie when you were done. You know, always not. You know. Not saying that. Be kind, please rewind. <laughs> yeah. I used to have this friend that I used to drink with all the time. He was my real alcoholic buddy. And he was a, you know, he was a real alcoholic. I was a real alcoholic. I quit. I think he continued on, but I'm not judging. Mm-hmm. But back when we were hanging out, he had this this two-door Toyota, real raggedy kind of car. But it, it really got around well. His car was dirty. My car was dirty back then too. But I remember one time when we first started hanging out, I got into his car and I was like, you know, you got any CDs in here? Because this was still a, uh, kind of a CD era. Yeah. I was like, you got any CDs in here? He's like, yeah, I think I got one in here somewhere, right? He was like that kind of guy. Like he didn't <laughs> even care about music. Yeah. Right? So, uh, <laughs> and uh, and I remember burning him some CDs later in our friendship just so yeah. he could, um, <laughs> just so... He could have some CDs. I want to play one of those songs. He used to make fun of me about this song. I like this guy a lot. His name's M. Ward. Uh-huh. I don't know if you ever heard of him. 
have not. But I there's a song called Tran. There's an album called Transfiguration of Vincent. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, when I moved to Charleston, I was in a very artsy stage in my life. I wanted to write uh, uh, Wes Anderson type <laughs> movies. I wanted to write very serious comedy films sure i like a bit of british humor i wanted it to be serious until there was the funny part yeah i had a whole thing and so i used to go to this really artsy um record store in Mm -hmm. charleston and they would have a bunch of different music that i had never heard and so i would uh go in there and listen on the headphones and it would just i would buy the cd so i bought this one so this is the song that i listened to that really made me buy it this may tell you what what kind of place i was in (laughs) i wasn't sad yeah but i was the kind of person that enjoyed this oh yeah i still do a bit yeah all right oh i went to the doctor Okay. Okay. So right. I heard that at about 21 or 22, I had just moved from Alabama to every friend I've ever had yeah. into this new place. And I thought, you know, Charleston was this magical place. And I still think that, yeah. but it was just a magical place. And I'm out there walking around, listening to this. So I burned this CD for my friend, right? And, and he didn't think anything of it, but he made fun of me about this next song right here. I'm just going to play a little bit of it. <laughs> I get it makes me laugh because I can still hear his impression of this song. <laughs> this is such a sad CD. He only sings when he's sad, <laughs> and he's sad all the time, so he sings the whole night through. Yeah, he sings in the daytime too. <laughs> he only dreams when he's. <laughs> and he's sad all the time, so he dreams a whole night through. Yeah, right, here we he go. Dreams in the daytime too. There may be mermaids under the water. There may even be a man in the pool. All but then sometime he is running out. You better get yourself together. See, I think it's great. But he's riding around making fun of me about this, and I get it. Um, he's sad when he sings. He's yeah, always sad. So he sings all the time, yeah. <laughs> and he would just be like, "Yeah, da 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 da." da. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I'd love to play the whole album to sure. be honest with you, but I'm I, I'm not gonna do it. But I want to check this guy out. It's great. This yeah. album is really great. I think he went on to have a band with. Zoe Deschanel called She and I. Oh, that's that same person? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know she. Was it she and him? She and him, yeah. Think, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I was very, uh, I had a lot of, I was big into songs about not sleeping. Okay. I thought like being tired or not sleeping was cool. Oh, okay. Uh, even though, I mean, I slept just fine, you know. Yeah. I was like seven, you know, eight, nine hours of sleep, but songs about being tired was cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like a good tired song once in a while. Sure. Um, here's a tired song by um, 
you maybe you'll really relate to this. I'm so tired. I haven't slept a wink. I'm so tired. My mind is on the blink. I wonder should I get up and fix myself a drink? No, no, no. This guy's tired, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't slept in a week. I like they, they get straight to the point. I wonder should I call you, but I know what you would do. I mean, I'm listening to this song, and I remember singing that part uh, about calling you, but I yeah. kn- and I'm like, I didn't have anybody to call. You know what I mean? <laughs> I had to go to a payphone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was no one to even dial a number for. I would be <laughs> like, hey, I've been thinking about you. And they're like, who is this? <laughs> right? I, I romanticized having these great relationships and breakups mm-hmm. that I didn't even have. Right? Yeah. I mean, like... Oh, I, so you're even romanticizing about the breakup. Well, that yeah. I mean, that seems a weird thing to say. But, I, you know, I was raised by women, essentially. And yeah. I was... Uh, you know, my dad was around, but my parents are divorced. So mm-hmm. I lived with my mom and two sisters in a two-bedroom trailer. I mean, we were watching Grease and Dirty Dancing. Oh, yeah. And I, that's what my head was being... You know, I was... Uh, hitting the romance. Oh, yeah. I dude. didn't even know if I wanted romance. And then I'd go to my dad's and look at Playboys. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hopeless romantic. <man>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, dude, that's... You, were you ever in the Bright Eyes by any chance that Connor no, Oberst? No, I did hear about them, but I never was into them. Yeah, that was my... There's this girl in high school that I was crushing on pretty hard, and she uh, was into it. And so then it became like this girl who's not interested in me who likes this band but i also like it kind of ordeal but they're pretty like sad you know a little bummer kind of stuff but i guess you don't have to be in that mindset to still enjoy you know it kind of puts you there sometimes you know depending on where you're at yeah i mean you know my musical tastes change but i I, all the time it changes all the time in some ways but i've always kept with country i love country but i also just like a you know a guy in a guitar or a girl in a guitar i like depending on what it is joni mitchell's a bit much for me i don't Mm -hmm. know if you ever listen to much joni mitchell Uh -uh. that's a bit tough for me about a uh you heard paul baraboo Maybe like a solo, like just one dude's and one guitar, maybe a little drum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't mind that. Let's see what this song's all about. Give it a little taste of what Joni Mitchell does. Joni Mitchell? This is her most played song on here. Oh, I know this song. I like that song. Let's skip that one. That's not a good example. I think that I may listen and just find out that I do actually really like Joni Mitchell. (laughs) I mean, the music and all, her voice is amazing, but it's too much. Too much. Just before our love got lost, you said, I am as constant as a northern star, and I said, Yeah, this is a, you walk into a coffee shop. This is in the background. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Actually, I may revisit listening yeah. to Joni Mitchell. I just Mitchell witnessed altogether. you change your taste. 
We just watch it unfold. You're like, you know what? Actually, I will give this another go. I think someone got me a bad CD. Because I actually will give this another go now. I don't know who sings it, but there's a song called Sea of Love. That's a bit much. Sea of Love. Sea of Love by... I'm going to look it up right now. We'll find it. It's, It's played on like a... Whatever a miniature harp is called. I've got Phil Phillips and the Twilights. Uh, no, this is uh, Langhorn Slim. That sounds the Sea of the Love. Honey Drippers. The Honey Drippers. That sounds. No, this ain't it. Oh, Iggy Pop. I think it's Cat Power. Okay. Sea of Love by Cat Power. All right, let's give that a go. Yeah, this seems like me picking up a guitar in somebody's room, and this is how I strum it. Oh, okay. Well, you know what, though? I have been doing some CBD today, and I feel like <laughs> that uh, music is connecting with Because, you know, I think we've really got out of really listening with a good set of headphones because we have earbuds and stuff. But when you put on real headphones and start listening to music, it's really like, wow, this is something. This is what, how it was intended. Like, I never even heard that, that bass line before. Yeah. Yeah. When I moved to Charleston, I bought a Neil Young album, double, double disc, greatest hits. And I had a set of big headphones and I remember putting that into my CD player at home, laying on the floor, like a teenager, listening to Neil Young and being like, this is amazing, man. Yeah, that is a bummer because it even I feel like even like a like an app in your car, you're not getting your there's probably there's there's probably so much missing out. I um, think so. That's why, you know, they always say that records are the way it was meant to be heard. Right. But my friend once said, no, that was the technology they had at the time. Yeah, they like <laughs> right? that little scratch. Sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I think that my friend is right in a lot of ways, but I do like the way a record sounds. I like yeah. that little scratch going about it. Totally. And I mean, it's, uh, if you get a nice speaker, man, there's a, a friend of mine, he, he, he's all about the records and record player, but th- there is a lot more depth almost. It, I don't know. I don't know any music terminology, but there's, there's more going on than just like your earbuds and your ears or in your car or. Yeah, I mean, deep down, I just want people to think I'm cool. And that's why I want (laughs) records, you know? I'm getting a record player eventually. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, soon soon I'll be getting a record player. But right now, I'm just collecting records. (laughs) But I did get a great, um, you know, there's a David Allen Coe album I like. Now, I know David Allen Coe has, you know, rightly gotten a bad reputation for some of his songs. Is that the Foo Fighter dude? No, I think that's... Uh, Dave Grohl. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. But David Alco, country singer, um, been around forever, had some pretty bad songs out there. Uh-huh. Um, but this one album, it's called Tattoo, and I really like it. It is just really great country music. There's nothing bad in it. There's nothing controversial. Yeah. It's just a good, fun album. And they have a song on there called Just In Time To Watch Love Die. Okay. Right. And it is ah, just it kills me. Really? And I was in this record shop in Springfield and I saw that record and I was like, I'm buying this. I don't even care. I got sure. I don't have a record player, but I'm buying it. And the same for the Steve Martin album here. This is my favorite album. Let's get small. Yeah, it's so good. 
Do you now do you, uh do you get goosebumps listening to songs? Uh you know sometimes it depends on what's happening but I know uh, I feel pretty I kind of if I feel a little awkward sometimes like cuz I guess it's like a bodily response apparently like I don't know the science behind it but it's something to do with something that you weren't expecting or like the beat changes or something and it can produce like goosebumps. And uh, I don't know a lot of people who get to experience something Well, like it's that. probably um, brainwashing in some way. The music industry has probably uh, <laughs> figured out a way to put just the right sound in there to give uh, you that effect yeah. so that you feel good. And now you tell everybody about the CD or, or, or track, and then everybody's streaming mm. it and playing it. And then before you know it, the song's all over the world because everybody's getting that goosebump, and they're like, yeah, this is hitting me. <laughs> yeah. This is hitting me. I think you're on to something. I mean, but, you know, and there, there is a, a lot of it. Like, there is a, um, a song by um, Guy Clark mm -hmm. called Stuff That Works, and it does that for me. I don't know if it gives me goosebumps, yeah. but it makes me... I'm going to play just a little bit of it. Sure. I mean, Guy Clark is really great. Apparently, he was a terrible alcoholic. I'm not spreading rumors. I don't know. But thats they say that's why he didn't have the as much success as he could have. But who's to say? You know what I mean? But he's got a cool voice. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And I like this because I had a old car and an old blue shirt i miss her i got an old blue shirt and it suits me just fine i like the way it feels so i wear it all the time i got an old guitar won't ever stay in tune that's my voice i like the yeah. way it sounds <laughs> in a dark and empty room I got an old pair of boots and they fit just right Well I can work all day and I can dance all night I got an old used car and it runs just like a top I get the feeling it ain't ever gonna stop Stuff that works yeah, it's a great song. Yeah. So I used to have a, a Volvo that I drove around. It had 317,000 miles. Jeez. So I'd be driving that car, and I'd be wearing my blue denim shirt. And I'm like, this song. And then I I had, I didn't have a pair of boots. I had a pair of loafers yeah. <laughs> uh, that I liked. And I've never had a guitar that I ever knew what even being in tune would sound like. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but you're living it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but I always think about... You know, music and, uh, and and comedy in the same way. Like, they're traveling, they're doing things. I'm sure they don't sit around and think about comedy the same way. But I just, you know, so it's like whatever the equivalent to guitar to him would be to me. Um, it may, maybe it's like I got a old joke yeah. that never works. But I like the way it sounds when I tell it in a dark and empty room. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and a couple of comics laugh. <laughs> And it's like, but I was like, this is me. And then I got rid of that car and I still feel sad about the car. I don't know why I have such sentimental uh, connections to inanimate objects. Yeah. I mean, the hand truck, who who cares, right? Well, I think it's, it's, it's a visual remembering thing, I think. Yeah. Where it's like you see it and it triggers 
the memories that's behind that object. Yeah. I do the same thing with like t-shirts. Like I had a ton of t-shirts. I just couldn't wear anymore. They're ripped up or whatever. But I remember, oh, I went, you know, I did, I, you know, I did a show with that shirt on. Or I went to a concert and bought that shirt. Yeah. You know, with the band on it or whatever. And, uh, that's true. It holds, it holds, it holds stuff, man. And then you never know, like 20 years down the road, you put it up, store it somewhere and then you clean out your closet you're like, oh, this hand truck. And I there it is, it. Yeah. yeah. And then you can just relive it all over again. But the problem with my hand truck was the tire was flat. And so every time I wanted to use it, I had to pump up the tire, and it would only last for a little while. And then I'm like, I could just change the tire, but I'm like, if I'm going to change the tire, it's not that much more, yeah. and it's less work if I just buy a new hand truck. And I know that's kind of the lazy attitude of everyone these days. But I just, I'm like, I don't know that I want to deal with trying to change the tire off a hand truck. When am I ever really going to use, it had a, a purpose for me at one time. Sure, yeah. And so I feel like that about my car. I like because, like, now me and Hannah have two cars, mm -hmm. right? We have a Corolla and a Camry. And none of us really claim either car. Yeah. They're just the cars, yeah. So she'll take one, I'll take the other. It doesn't make any difference to us. Yeah, it doesn't, like whose car and whose is whose. Or yeah, but when I drove the Volvo, that was my car. Oh, yeah. It was a bit difficult to drive, and it was like I knew how to drive it, and then Hannah had her own car. That was her car. Yeah. So I used to smoke cigars in the Volvo all the time. Sometimes I'd smoke while I was driving. I didn't care if it burned the seats. No. I didn't care if it smelled like cigar smoke. It didn't make any difference. I had a uh, a tank of a first car. I bought it from an older couple I went to church with. A thousand cash, bam. And uh, I don't remember. It was just a big car, man, four door. But we did anything. We I remember we would use one time. My friend put a thing of firecrackers, shoved it inside of a Gatorade bottle, lit the firecrackers like multiple ones of like a whole, threw it in the back seat. Wow. Um, and it just started going pot crazy. We, we found it hilarious, but it burned holes all over the back seat. Oh, man. yeah. And, but I think cars, I mean, it's, I gave my mom a car at one point. Uh, when, when you're that age, you always think stuff like that's fun. And then you're like, oh, now I, I actually have to drive around with a car yeah. with burned holes that in it. That was funny for like five minutes. And yeah. Now I got to deal with it. Yeah. Forever. And your friends are like, yeah, let's put this in there with that, that tank of a car you got. Let's see what happens. And you're like, yeah. And then and then, and then you're like, I'll buy a record player one day. You know? <laughs> Dude, it's, because uh, I will say, I, I did the bike thing. Uh, I rode just a bicycle for a while. Because my mom fell in some tough times, and I gave her that, that uh, lithium? No, that's not the name of the car. Uh, but I did a, just a bicycle for a while. And, oh, yeah? Uh, uh, there's sometimes I don't know I'm a little grown I'm a grown adult now so I'm, I'm not riding bicycles for necessity much anymore but there's something too like just being able to just go where you need to go something as simple with a uh, a bike instead of worrying about the insurance yeah. or the it's funny that you say that about being a, a grown man and and because I was your age when I quit my job oh, yeah. uh, sold my car and drove uh, and rode a bike everywhere. 30? I was 29 going yeah. into 30, and then I rode a bike from 30 to 32. Nice. See, I was doing that. I was riding a bike everywhere between, like, 22 to 24. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I I kept my bike. I still yeah. have my bike because of that same thing. The bike, that time period changed my life. 
So I like hanging on to the bike because the bike is a symbol of me taking control of my life. Yeah. I was drinking too much. I was smoking a bunch of cigarettes and I had gotten pretty fat. And I was (laughs) like, the bike, uh, and the bike didn't do it. Yeah. But the bike was there. Mm -hmm. And it's a symbol for me to look at the bike, even though I haven't rode the bike in probably two years. Yeah, uh, I can still see the bike. Yeah, and go. That's the bike. No, that's huge, man. That's the I th- that's the importance I think of the physical the the physical there. You know, you kind of you, if the bike's not there and you never see it, when is that memory going to be jogged back? Unless you're, you know, actually thinking back to that moment for whatever reason, right? But no, that's awesome, man. Because I th- I mean, it's a discipline, dude. I mean, it like you said, you. You had a change in your life, and then it's exercise. You're burning calories when you're doing it, and hell, I think everything. If everything's nearby, if it's doable, I, th- I recommend it for the. Pr- yeah, I mean, it is great, but the problem is, is I was in Charleston riding a bike, and Charleston is called the Low Country, right? So it's like sea level, and it's super flat. Oh, okay. So you can ride a bike for days in <laughs> yeah, Charleston. Yeah. But you try riding a bike around in Tennessee. Yeah. It's like you take, I mean, the first, right when I moved to Nashville, I tried to take a, a, a bike ride around my neighborhood. Uh-huh. I did one loop around the neighborhood. <laughs> I was breathing so hard. It was like I just finished training for the Olympics. Yeah. Dude, I rode a bike from uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky to Shepherdsville, Kentucky. Which was over a hundred miles. Wow! On a on a, a bike that was probably too small for me, I was oh I was not even in shape, but mentally I was there. I was ready. What and made you want to do that? It was I wanted to because I didn't have a car at the time, and it was like Fourth of July weekend, and I, I we had like Monday off school or something, and I was like, you know what? I done a, I did a hundred miles ish before with some buddies of mine. And I was like, oh, I can do another one. You know, I'm going to go solo. Okay. And Because uh, I wanted to hang out with the family that weekend and just do a little, just a challenge. Because I thought I had it. I had it. I didn't have it like a, a GPS on my phone or anything. I was going old school. And I don't know, this is like 2009. And I, was, I had a map and everything. Just had it all planned out. I was going to take. So you didn't really know where you were going and you were on a bike for 100 miles. Yeah. Okay. All right. But here I was not uh, the first couple hours. No big deal. I'm doing 10 miles an hour. I'm, I'm where I need to be. After a while, I start twitching. I start getting some like muscle spasms. Uh, my phone broke. And so I couldn't make any calls. And I, I remember pulling up at this one spot. This lady was in her front yard, and I'm like twitching in front. I'm like, "Hey, can you spare some bananas or, or oh yeah, or like a bottle of water or something?" Because the only thing I had was Gatorade, those Uncrustables, and some bananas, like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Okay. And uh, but it was like two in the morning. I'm still riding. Jeez. And I rode. So you. So you're. It's two in the morning. You pull up in front of a lady's house, twitching, oh, talking no, about, no. can I get some bananas? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Help me. No, I didn't. Can you spare some bananas, please? <laughs> can you point me in the right direction to bananas? No, that, that was earlier in the day. This, okay. But uh, at this point, I was... Uh, did she give you bananas? No, she did not. She said there's a uh, store right down the road. She went right inside. Okay. Part yeah, of the leggings. I was wearing those bike leggings. <laughs> yeah. So that's probably what threw her off. Yeah, it makes sense. In the twitching. But uh, I rode 10 miles just on the interstate. 
Yeah. Because I was, I, was, I was almost home, but I knew some friends that lived off this exit in Bullock County. So I was probably not even 10 miles from getting back home, but I rode 10 miles on the interstate hoping that a cop would see me so he could take me home or take me to jail because I just didn't want to ride anymore. <laughs> and well, I, had a, I had American what, flag. What happened at 2 in the morning? Well, it was I stopped at this gas station, and the only phone number at the time that I could remember was my old job at McDonald's. For whatever reason, I could that's the only phone number I knew. So I called McDonald's, and I was like, hey, if my family comes by, tell them I'm going to push through, and I'll see them at the house. I'm like, I'm riding my bike from Bowling Green. And they're like, uh, okay. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah. So you went to the McDonald's and you just said to them, if my family comes through? Yeah, I called them because that was the only number I could remember because I borrowed somebody's phone at a gas station. Oh, okay. And because uh, I didn't know my, my mom's phone number. I didn't know. I, I just remembered the McDonald's I used to work at's number. And they're like, hey, if, if my family oh, comes Oh, okay, by, okay, yeah. okay. All right. Because I, I kind of knew them. Yeah, yeah. They were, you know, I kind of... I used to work there kind of thing. But anyways, it's, uh, I decided to push through. And I remember I got a couple American flags, like those small American wooden flags. And uh, I put them on, at, on my backpack. You know, it was 4th of July weekend or whatever. But towards that, it started getting late and later and later. And I was still further and further away from getting home. And I remember at one point I was going up this hill and I was cramping everywhere. I took that flag out of my, <laughs> out of my backpack and bit down on the wooden part of it just to try to make it up this hill. Cause I was just, dude, I was done, man. And, uh, <laughs> just biting down on that uh, little wooden part and just try to make it. And, uh, no one pulled over. I bet not. There's a guy with an American flag <laughs> in his teeth going up a hill on a bike. <laughs> like, no, no, I bet not. <laughs> eventually, I eventually got to a buddy of mine's place and it was, like 3 3 30 in the morning i wake up he's living with his parents at the time and i wake up his whole family and uh i'm laying on their front porch i'm laying down on their front porch and i was like hey is steven home uh can he take me home <laughs> and uh he took me back home dude and apparently my mom was tripping man she had the whole apartment complex looking for me they were taking different routes there was like some people driving Shit. on it like it was a it was a it was a whole ordeal. So how long did it take you altogether? Uh, ten miles an hour. You had a hundred miles. So ten hours? No, that was the goal. It turned into ten miles an hour the first couple hours, but after that, it was like, like, <laughs> like there's like eight like uh, eight hours just for twenty miles or something like because I started slowing down, and uh, but I think it took like sixteen hours. Wow. It was, it was, uh, mental, you know, it was, I was, this way is ahead Kentucky. Of so this is not flatland either. No. no. And how this, big of a bike was it? It was like a, just a Schwinn, like, so it didn't speed. have gears and stuff. Yeah. It had some, like, uh, you know, you had a little button that can switch it up to high and low. Oh, yeah. But I wasn't, I wasn't in shape for it. I was just riding a bike wow. around town a lot. And but you like, made it. Sort of, yeah. I made it to my friend's house. What was your um, What would your friend say when when you he came out and saw you? Well, I haven't seen that friend in like years. We were like old church buddies, and so it's wow. Like, so he's like, man, life is. Uh, <laughs> so he's like, ah, oh, you're not with the church anymore. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> this is what you're doing. Huh? I think you need to get back to the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and so, 
but he just would it, it was like all right i'll give you a ride home oh yeah he came out and he's like what are you doing i was like man i rode from bowling green he's like are you serious i was like yeah and he's like well let me get dressed i'll take you home <laughs> and uh and do you have some bananas <laughs> dude by that point i think i was all cramped i like got in this car and I, my hamstrings and every it was interesting to see what it was it just grabbing onto the the bar on the on the on the bike just from tingling and yeah, I don't even think I stretched. I think I just drank Gatorade, so there was no good quality of water. Yeah, and uh, I mean just, that's a that's a long. I mean, I for sure did uh, twenty miles in a day. Yeah, like I drove, I rode somewhere about ten miles and then back. Sure. Yeah, and that's a lot. Oh yeah, that adds up. So what? Um, on flat land. Yeah. I used to ride, sometimes I would go on my bike down, uh, it's called, it was Highway 17 in mm -hmm. Charleston, and it was four lanes, and then there was a big center lane, like a turning lane, yeah. but it just ran the whole stretch of the road. <laughs> so if I rode on the right side of the right lane, like kind of on the shoulder, there wasn't really a shoulder, yeah. cars would have to pass me. But if I rode in the center lane, I'm away from everyone. Sure. But people would be irate about it. Like people that wouldn't even use the, they would drive by like, you're not supposed to use that lane. And they would honk at me. And I'm like, dude, I'm trying to be out yeah. of the way here. <laughs> yeah. What is the problem? <laughs> no, we, we preferred just to drive around you. Yeah. And the right side of the lane. Oh man. I used to get road rage on a bike too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it, it is wild. So that's a crazy, I love that story. Uh, Jeff, where can people find you? Yeah, on the uh, so on Instagram and uh, TikTok is Jeff Toy Zero, the number zero, and uh, Facebook Jeff Toy, YouTube Jeff Toy, and there's another Jeff Toy out there that's uh, that's my uncle. Okay, I think he he's the first one that pops up, but I'm right below him on the Facebook. Great. So yeah, check out Jeff. Jeff's got some funny stuff out there. Thanks, Thanks man. for guys for tuning in, and uh, we're having a good time. Thank you, Dusty.